This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Wow. Wow. Here we are. Prediction day. Guru Jay in his glory. Holy cow. Except Guru Jay, though prepared to say, has some confusion as to what to say. I, I mean, he needs help. Excelsior. Here it is. Here we are already. Two primaries or cockeye into this on the Republican and soon-to-be Democrat side. Welcome back, my radio family, my broadcast partners, my friends. I am Jay Severin. This is the JLE News broadcast only on the Blaze Radio Network. Our office number, yours and mine, one 888 one Nine hundred three three nine three. Guru Jay say he just doesn't know quite what to say. Guru Jay has confided in me that he is finding today's prediction deadline most vexing. By Jove, most vexing. Holy cow! I I I want. I mean, he wants to do well, and I know I, I, he always likes to include a kind of a surprise pick and still be right. Being right's the important thing, of course. You can't force it. Otherwise, I'd be picking Ted Cruz, you know, every time. Uh, there is the conventional calculus. And normally I would be, I mean, he would be guided by the conventional calculus. And by that I mean facts like these. More than one of every five votes cast tomorrow will very likely be cast by veterans. That means a couple of things to us, yes? It means that that's a consistently conservative vote. Uh, relatively speaking, and 
it also means that the people in the military and former military are pretty wild for Trump. They like, I mean, uh, of the audiences that like, let's kick their ass or, you know, let's let's unleash the American military to do what they do best. Let's go get them. You know, I love that. If I love it, you can imagine how our heroes in uniform feel about it. So the fact that, again, we don't know, but we expect that 20-plus percent of the vote tomorrow will come from active-duty military personnel and or vets, that should be a big thing. I'm not saying it's not a big thing, but I don't know if it's going to be as big a factor as usual. Now, another one is more than half the votes cast tomorrow are expected to come from evangelicals or, and or born-again Christians. That ought to tell us something, right? And that vote ought to coincide philosophically and in other ways with the vote above, you know, the uh, veteran vote. Then you've got South Carolina's storied political history, which is, if it's anything, a conservative history. It's a conservative pedigree. Now, you, you may or may not regard yourself as conservative uh, in, in, in one form or another, adjective, noun, uh, gerund, I don't know, you know, when it comes to describing yourself. It certainly has a place it's 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 certainly one of the words I use to describe myself, but I look at this and say, I know it's South Carolina's history. It ought to make a huge difference. It probably will. And tomorrow, the vast majority of votes cast in the Republican primary, if history is any guide, ought to be cast by conservatives, which like knowing they are more than half the votes are evangelicals and veterans, that vote ought to tell us something. And I'm not saying it doesn't. I just don't know if it's going to say, if it's going to play the role it it, it traditionally has. Then you get into the strategic matters. Just, just two more here. One is the ground game. How much does the ground game mean in South Carolina this year? In previous years, it has surprisingly meant less than in some other states because South Carolinians are so politically active and animated and energetic that they do a pretty good job of getting themselves to the, to the polls. And so it's not as necessary as it is and therefore not as crucial as it is in other states. Or, again, in the past, I mean, it's been extremely useful. I'm not saying it it, 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 it didn't even make the difference for somebody. But, again, it's not like Iowa where the ground game is kind of the be-all and end-all. And then, finally, I would note of the, of the five things I picked out uh, to display conventional calculus here, I would say momentum. Who has the mo? Who has the mo? Do you know at the beginning of the week, 
if you recall, I was hinting that there was a shot here, maybe a little earlier than the beginning of the week, but maybe eight, nine days ago, I was I was hinting strongly that I thought Heb might actually, for the first time, place an exclamation point. That he, the, the, the one that he's claimed ever since he's been a candidate and never earned, one that's been like a gruesome joke. Heb. And then a little flaccid exclamation point, bent over, hunched over, like his posture after his name. Heb. With this limp, two-week-old celery, like little hunched over exclamation point. Heb. Heb. If you look at it for a couple of minutes, it almost looks like, help, help, Heb, help. Okay, but I thought, going back several days, that 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 Heb was in a position to turn this thing around for himself. Again, for himself. Not necessarily turn the race around, but to perform in a fairly strong way but his strongest performance so far, which would change things for him profoundly. I don't think I think that anymore. In fact, I know I don't think that anymore. So the question is, is there someone with momentum? Uh, frankly, uh, I think there are two people with momentum as I look at this right now. I think Ted Cruz has momentum. I think Marco Rubio has momentum. In South Carolina, I mean. But even if we if we if we ascribe to both of them, like say equal momentum and fairly substantial momentum, right? Cruz and Rubio. Rubio doesn't need a lot of momentum to catch Cruz. But Cruz needs five-plus points of momentum to catch Trump. So can Cruz catch Trump? Is his momentum enough to catch Trump tomorrow? I would like so very much to, to assert to you that, yeah, that's that, that, that only, not only could that happen, it's likely to happen. But as of this moment, and I haven't made my predictions yet, uh, I can't say to you at this moment, at this moment, maybe by the end of the show, but I can't say now that that's going to happen, but I could e- more easily say that I think Rubio could catch Cruz, although I'm not prepared to either say that at this moment. Bottom line, Guru Jay say, but only after he gets your help, because what I'd like to rely on today is your analysis, your impressions, your predictions, your thoughts, because one way or the other, uh, before the sun go down, uh, I must make predictions. And I want them to be right, holy cow. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.
When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Jane Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin, our office number, and I really do wish your advice. It, 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 I, mean, I, I hope I don't have to persuade you of that. It, it is something that is certainly formative in my making my predictions tonight. one 888 one We ought, it seems to me for a moment, to jump to the Democrat side because I plead guilty to not spending as much time on them, mostly and honestly for the reason that they're not as as good a story as the Republican side. But I'll tell you what, they're turning into one, aren't they? I'm, I'm, you talk about predictions. My, my oldest, heaviest prediction is that Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States. And I've always said to you that when I have reason to change that opinion, that assessment, that that prediction, uh, you'll be the first to know, literally. And I have to give that a good long think, depending on what happens tomorrow. Now, tomorrow, so that you, you're, we're all on the way, same wavelength here, and so that you can correct me if I'm wrong, Uh Tomorrow is the South Carolina Republican primary, and tomorrow is the Nevada Democrat caucus. And then next Saturday is the Democrat primary in South Carolina. How Hillary Clinton does tomorrow in Nevada and next week in South Carolina may or may not cause me to revisit that calculus about Hillary being our next president. Uh, I know, I know. But just but hold on. We're not prepared to say anything yet. Maybe, maybe that's what's scary. I mean, is the, is the, is the, uh, is the guess. Anyway, Bernie was trailing Clinton in Nevada 50 points, you know, not a year ago. I believe on January 1st or in the first week of January, some, something like that, of this year. It's what? 
It's February, February 19th. I'm pretty sure in January, Bernie was behind her by 30 points. I'm not entirely sure if that was in Nevada or it was national. It, they kind of tracked together. Um, I think it was Nevada. But, you know, he was, he was nowhere in, even in the zip code. You could, Bernie couldn't even see Hillary from where he was just in January. And now he's running at worst tied with her in Nevada. And she's made a number of blunders. I made a note about one uh, yesterday. Here it is. Hillary said two or three days ago, well, you know, Nevada's not that indicative for me because, I mean, let's face it, it's, it's kind of like a, it's not really a state that reflects the rest of America. South Carolina is. What, what she's, this is a, a, a weak dog whistle. What she's trying to say here is there are a lot of black voters in South Carolina and I own their votes. It's kind of elect, it's like the electoral plantation. You think you can't own human beings? You can't. But Hillary still thinks you can own their votes. And, and Hillary's dog whistle is to say, I own the black vote. And that's my firewall. And it starts in South Carolina. And I've always said that. She has long said it. The difference is she hasn't had to scream it in a way that, like a drowning person, you know, screams. But she made the mistake of saying, in Nevada, which happens first, it happens tomorrow. Again, tomorrow the Republicans in South Carolina, tomorrow the Democrats in Nevada. She made the mistake of saying that, you know, this isn't like South Carolina here in Nevada. It's really like kind of a white state. It's what her dog whistle was saying. This is really like a lily white state, you know. So this is not where I do best. So it's not representative for me. It's really not that much of a, of a barometer for me. Well, a couple things worth noting. Harry Reid, whom I know you know and I wish for you you didn't. Uh, I wish for me I didn't. Harry Reid, who is an absolute pig uh, of a human being, a senior senator from Nevada, he went wild. See, because he can't let a statement like that stand, A, because not, in, I mean, not because it's untrue, just because it might hurt him you know, politically. So he went absolutely wild, and he went wild on Hillary. And he hasn't endorsed her. And a lot of people, i.e., everybody in politics, believes that Harry Reid has been the one who pulled the switch on the union endorsements of Hillary that were expected in Nevada, but she ain't getting them. And he's not, and she's not getting Harry Reid's endorsement either. But anyway, he went, he went off the hook when he found out she said that, you know, this state's like a white state and it's really not. She didn't use that word, but honest, that was the dog whistle. Well, as it turns out, uh, I found out that the Hispanic population of the United States, of the United States, is right now 17%. 17%. 
that's that's much higher than I thought it was. Had you asked me, and I'm supposed to know these things, I I wouldn't have guessed 17 percent. But it's 17 percent. That's that's big. Okay, it's 17 percent is the Hispanic vote in the United States of America. In Nevada, it's almost 30 percent. Almost 30 percent in Nevada. Now, add to that that Hillary was widely seen to have been insulting Latinos when she said, well, this is like a white state, you know, there's voters here. It's not like America. It's really white. She she was essentially sneering at a third of the electorate like they don't exist. And it's a caucus state. And so minority groups generally will rally to to caucus in caucus states, especially given any provocation. So, I, you know, I'm not saying she's going to lose, but if if she doesn't win by 10 points, it's going to be repeat. It's going to be reported as a loss. If Hillary Clinton does not tomorrow win the Nevada caucus by double digits, it's going to be reported as a loss, and it's going to be reported in context as an overall part of a process of her collapsing campaign. In short, it's going to be bad news for Hillary Clinton. And if she loses, if she loses in Nevada tomorrow, the entire context will be the collapse of Hillary's campaign. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners at 1-888-900-3393. On the eve of a day that, like the others, you know, this, there was no hyperbole then. It's no hyperbole now, me mighties. At the, on the eve and the day of every caucus or primary so far, you think back. Because we can now, right? We're not that deep yet into the process. Think back on Iowa and just the richness of the various forming of this campaign that came out of Iowa. Okay? Then a week later, there we were in New Hampshire. Think of the richness of the news and the developments and statements and attacks and defenses and the vote and the analysis and how New Hampshire shaped what we're going into now, because what we're about to do uh, during and after your calls here is to, I'm going to take my notes and flip back two pages to last Saturday night, uh, the debate. And I'm going to say, okay, what's changed since then? Because I still have to make predictions today. And so I need to re-examine some of these questions. What, who's done better? Who's done worse? Why? Did this hurt him? Did that hurt him? Or is this now ancient history? And believe me, most of it we're going to say is ancient history. Though, 
you never know what made an impression on voters, right? But we are on the eve of what will always be true. But I'll, I'll tell you honestly one thing that's that's going to stop being true. This is one of the last tonight, sorry, tomorrow, Tuesday, Saturday. We're coming to the end of the single-day primary events. We're getting into territory now that is going to hit like a freight train. By mid-March, okay, three weeks from now, by three weeks from now, we won't be, you know, we won't be talking after a week from today. We're not going to be talking about single primaries on a single day anymore. Three weeks from now, 60% of the Republican delegates will have been chosen in primaries in Cockeye. We're headed for Super Tuesday, man. We're headed for the SEC primary. And they, they play politics like they play football. Smash mouth. And there are going to be days when there are so many huge winner-take-all primaries on one day that it's going to be great. Uh, Alfred from the great state of Utah, welcome. Hi, Jay. How's it going? Pretty well. Thank you, sir. That's good. I was just thinking, I noticed something earlier in the week at the Trump rally in New Hampshire. One of his lead-up songs was Revolution by the Beatles. I think that Ted Cruz needs to co-opt that. And he could do that by hashtag Ted is the revolution. Well, I think it's a great thought. You're, yeah, no, it's a great thought. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what you did. I'm thinking, and so I salute uh, you because you're thinking. And I love it when you're thinking out there. So you're thinking. Uh, I, I want to be very careful about this because again, it's the eve of of an election day. But it's okay. It's not like anything I say is going to swing the election or anything. I just want to be responsible. I, it's this theme I have that there's something that stellar candidates when you look at them and you know they are stellar candidates you know they've got the it factor going for them i don't mean the political content alfred i mean they've got all that they've got everything they need politically intellectually in terms of their 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 political pedigree you know outstanding superlative education career everything everything you could want but then there's still the it factor and the it factor these days, I think, is generally still regarded as, in addition to all of those other demands and credentials, the it factor is the ability to appeal via television. Whatever it is about you, whether your eyes are a sixteenth of an inch, and often this is the case. I'm married to a former model. I learned a lot about this stuff. We know it as guys, but I've never seen it quantified before. Sometime we'll have the discussion about how they measure. One of the first things they do, depending on the kind of modeling the girl is there to audition for, they will immediately place a a, a tape measure, tape, around her an inch above her knee and then right at the top of her thigh. And the ratio 
of how much bigger her her thigh is where it meets the buttocks than where it leaves the knee is considered alongside the ratio of how long her thigh bone is from buttock to knee than it is from knee to ankle, her shin. And they look at those two numbers and 90% of the girls are dismissed right there. And it has a real life application, by the way. You know, it's called the dread spread. But you know, if it's if all of a sudden uh, the circumference of a woman's leg, a couple inches above the knee, like quintuples, from an inch above the knee to like seven inches above the knee, you've got you've got something to consider here. I mean, do you know? In theory, in, in any case, there is the it factor. Ted Cruz ain't a model, but whether it's the fact that, like the girls, like the models, are their eyes a sixteenth of an inch too close together? Are they symmetrical? Do they look exactly the same shot from the right, left, as the camera pans around from right ear to left ear? Full frontal profile each side. Are they symmetrical? Or do they look wildly different, according to the art director, from each side? There is an it factor in modeling. There is an it factor in politics. And it is a, it is a cousin of the modeling industry. You know, shame on us all, but it is. There is an it factor. I may be wrong that it is as important as I think it is, but I know I'm not wrong that it, it, it exists, right? So, so Alfred, I think it's a nature, or rather a matter of degree here, rather than, you know, yes or no, does it exist? It exists. It's why, it's why oh, John Kennedy was, you know, a poster pinup guy, and Richard Nixon was seen as like a, a you know, Ebenezer Scrooge or something. So... My kind of question statement to you, Alfred, is do you sense at all that 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 Ted may lack that it factor of looking is he looks his very best and most appealing. No, I'm sorry. He's he's his most appealing. When he's telling you what he believes while on television, see, Trump's got it. I'm not saying Trump's handsome. And as someone said yesterday, one of our partners said yesterday, are you kidding me, Trump, with that, you know, that mop, that orange mop on his head? I'm, I'm not saying handsome. I'm not saying anything conventional like that. I'm just saying there's something magnetic about Trump. Maybe it's magnetism. Maybe that's how you characterize the it factor. But there's no doubt that if you put 100 human beings in a room with two TV monitors, if you split the room, put a hundred in one room, hundred in another, and put one minute of television footage showing Trump and another one showing Cruz, and you hooked them up with all the eyeball stuff and the meters and everything, there's something about it. They would watch Trump and may thus remember what he's saying more than they might listen to other people. That's what I mean is the it factor. And this is the longest question in history, Alfred. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think this thing out out loud. I'm trying to justify, do you think Cruz can, in this day and age, do you think Ted Cruz, he's got everything. He's got everything. But does he have an it factor such that he's going to win? 
Well, the it factor for Ted is a problem because he most looks like Grandpa from the Munsters back in the 60s. Okay? That's it. I mean, I love him to death. Shame on you. Shame on you. You're right, you know. But shame on you. Shame on you. No, no. You, you're, 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 you're getting me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Look if, at Trump. if that's Look true, at Trump. Look at his eyes. if a bright guy like you can say that, how many other people think that? Not about that character, but think that he is not as his best when appealing to you via television. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Look at Trump. Trump is not appealing. Look at his hair. Look at his eyes. Look at his orange skin. What he does do is throw bombs and people forget what he looks like. Ted needs to distill everything he says down to five talking points that you can put on one hand and tick them off. Okay? Ted is the professor you never wanted to go to in college because you'd be asleep five minutes into the class. He needs to distill it for Bubba. He needs to distill it for Bubba. He needs to get the grassroots to teach Bubba because the Tea Party is not stupid. They can teach Bubba because they all know one. You know? Or they are and Bubba. Hashtags. I am Bubba. Yeah, I'm Bubba. I am Bubba. I grew up in southeast Texas. I exactly know what Bubba is. But they need to start doing it, and they need to start moving fast. they got to get on to the social networks, okay? Hashtag Trump lies, people dies. Hashtag Ted is the revolution. Hashtag eat it. You know? He's got to move. Good for you, man. I'm Good for him, but he's got to move. I mean, you, 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 you put it into words better than, than I've been able to do, and I think one of the reasons that I've not been able to do it is I don't want to say anything hurtful of Ted or, or even that critical, and shame on me because that should not enter into this. But I realize now listening to you, you just said what I should have said, you know, eight months ago. It, it's, it's, it's I love him, and he's got everything for those of us who don't care like if Abe Lincoln were up for election, he couldn't win a primary because of that crazy beard and his hat. You know what I mean? And, you know, in the way he looked. But for, if you don't care about that and for people who are, would be smart enough to recognize Abe Lincoln, you know, uh, Lincolnian qualities, they would say, well, I'm voting for that guy because I, what do I care what he looks like or whether he looks like a movie star or whether he's the be- the most magnetic candidate. The thing is, he's got the best credentials by far the best ideas by far and i wonder if ted's full appeal is getting through and i and and alfred i am so grateful to you i think you've just helped me i see our time is up as you should say as my psychiatrist i see our time is up now but i think we've made good progress jay severin on the place radio network It's the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Man, I think Alfred did a great job uh, because there is a there is a there. It, it, well, first of all, before I say there's a reason for what Alfred helped do was establish, you know, my thinking that there is something missing in Ted's 
presentation. And when I use the word presentation, I mean it in the broadest possible sense. I mean it in the Irving Goffman presentation of self, social psychology sense. I mean, there is something in his presentation of himself. Everything. His looks, his mind, his what he says, what he, how he looks, everything. There's something in the presentation of Ted Cruz via the visual arts. And maybe, who knows, maybe via sound. Maybe it has something to do with the timber of his voice. Now, I'm not going to get into that technically because I don't, that I don't need to do. I mean, I, but I, you should, we should do it with everybody. But for some reason there, I have had this nagging suspicion because it's what I've done with my life professionally as a media consultant. I mean, that's the, you know, the media side of the political campaigns is I know all my life that has determined for me, how do we shoot this guy or, or, or this woman? Do we shoot them? You know, why do we shoot him close? You know, do you shoot him from the right side, the left side, from from down here, from up here? Everybody, I can't always explain it, but I'll tell you what, put a lens in my hands and I can look at them and say, oh, definitely, definitely, you know, you got to shoot him with a lot of backlight from this side and, and you know, et cetera. But, but it's more than that. It's not, I don't want to say that you're supposed to be a model or, or, or that Ted's not, good enough looking or i'm not saying anything like that i'm just saying that i have suspected been haunted by the sense that there's something in ted's presentation overall the impression that he conveys to people which falls short of the superb qualities that are in fact who he is i don't think he is showing as well as he can I'm sure there's a name for this in the car business. There's probably a name for it in the equestrian business with horses. It would just Ted is not showing houses. Ted is not showing as well as he could because he's the best candidate we have had for president in 200 years. And I need to figure out what that is. It's bugging me. And I mostly need to figure out how it is that Donald Trump when you compare their pedigrees and resumes, how can that be? This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Together, and where else? On the eve of a primary and a caucus, which even more than the other earlier ones, is going to shape this entire thing we call a campaign and this other thing we call our nation, Excelsior. I want, this is Jay Severin. 
editor of the Jaily News, published, broadcast by the Blaze Radio Network, and our shared office number, yours and mine, is one 3393 Tomorrow, Republican primary in South Carolina, Democrat caucus in Nevada. Really big deals. I will be making predictions either at, before the end of this hour or before I turn in tonight or at some point this evening at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N, J underscore Severin. So sometime, and it won't be real late, believe me, uh, early this evening, early to mid-evening, or before the end of this hour, something is going to click, and I'll make my predictions, you know, for what it's worth. And I welcome yours. And I welcome your thoughts, just like uh, having heard from Alfred and speaking with Sebastian in the breaks here, I'm already, my thoughts are whirling and changing and being influenced one 3393 because there is this thing that's been plaguing me about Ted. You know how I all the time compliment you guys and say you're my cup of tea. I also say, I'm not just making this up. Would I? Yes, I would. I would kiss your ass to curry favor with you. But it just so happens I'm telling the truth. And I have some of the most compelling evidence ever as to why that is. May I read you without without editing, that is to say without picking and choosing. I'm not cherry picking here. If you're on the account with me right now, you can look at it too. I'm starting with Jennifer. Here are some of the tweets you and I received during the break. Ted is at his best when he's on the Senate floor or trying a court case. That's how he needs to be on the campaign trail. Abby Normal, who has proven himself one of the most brilliant tweeps in my experience, This is the first of two or three from Abby that hit the ball out of the park. Abby Normal says, it's like a choice between the tall blonde with big boobs over the petite brunette with a 160 IQ. Um, Stacy, who's always brilliant, says something about Hillary, and I'm going to leave Stacy, I'm going to leave you out for now. Uh, She comments on Hillary's coughing fits, which are significant. But uh, for now, Stace, I hope you'll understand. uh, Because this string that came in about what we were talking about is just amazing. Wolf writes, another brilliant tweet, writes, One issue is that Ted sounds too much like W sometimes. Rants Out Loud, another newer but no less brilliant uh, tweet, says, Indeed, Ted's ideas get clouded in these muddy waters that are stirred up around him. John, Ted needs curb appeal. Abby Normal says, are you ready for this Grand Slam? 
Abby Normal says, Trump and Rubio have something Ted doesn't. Charisma. Maybe that's the word. Sorry, I'm breaking off from uh, Ab's tweet to say maybe that's the word, the concept, the term for which I have been searching and maybe repressing because I didn't want to say it because I want Ted to win. And listen to what Abby says again. Trump and Rubio have something Ted doesn't. Charisma. And Abby goes on to say he's too cerebral for charisma. Some people are. Some people's charisma is that they're cerebral. E.G., Henry Kissinger. Look at Henry Kissinger. He looked... When he was 25 years old, he looks like he looks now at 95. But he dated Hollywood starlets. That means he had a couple of outsized organs, starting with his brain. For some people, their cerebral nature is their charisma. But rarely is that true in politics. Abby says again, Trump and Rubio have something Ted doesn't, charisma. He's too cerebral for charisma. Rance comes back with, you're right, he makes up for it with his commercials, meaning Ted does, but it's going to take more. Abby comes back with, he is who he is. And and I won't you know I can't go on much beyond that. Those are those are all verbatim reads from you guys all coming in at once, which says to me we're on the same wavelength. And this sense I had that there was something is it charisma? Is it presentation? Is it curb appeal? What what is the it factor? That I'm always on the edge. When I'm watching Ted Cruz speak, I feel like I'm watching a very fat man cross a very icy street on a very windy day. I'm just, I'm gripping. I look down and my knuckles are white. I'm gripping the sides of my chair and I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm just waiting for for a disaster here. And I'm not a disaster with Ted, but I'm always kind of using, I notice, and my family tells me, I'm like, I'm using, you know how like really bad backseat drivers sit next to you in a car and they like twist around and they're like putting body English on your driving? Like, ooh, oh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, oh, ah, ooh, you know, and oh, and they're, they're twisting their shoulders around and stuff like, oh, slow down, oh, look out. And you want to smack them? You just want to backhand them. Uh, a natural backhand from the driver's side, by the way. It's a beautiful, natural backhand. Uh, but it, 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 it's like that. I'm like, I'm trying to put body English on it when when Ted is making a presentation of some kind. And, 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 I, and I'm like, come on, come on. And somehow, forgive me, a dope like Trump, it just rolls right off the tongue. And look, I'm not saying eloquence. I'm not saying Donald Trump is articulate or eloquent. 
He is neither. But he has... Who said curb appeal? Uh, John. John said Ted needs curb appeal. Somehow there is something there extra that you wouldn't think the captain, the legendary captain of his Princeton debate team, the top of his class at Harvard Law School, the guy that Alan Dershowitz said on this show said is the smartest law student I've ever had or ever seen. Can you imagine Alan Dershowitz saying that about you? And and these are the nature and magnitude of Ted's credentials, plus a thousand other things that, you know, we don't have time for or that I don't even know about. The guy is the best qualified constitutional conservative in 200 years. And and I and I and I it's killing me that I know I know because I've made my living at it for 25 years, whether or not I ate depended on whether or not I got this about somebody. How I made their commercials look, whether I put them in their own commercials, whether someone else's voice was talking about them, other voices talking about how great she or he is, but you don't hear the candidate actually speak. Or do they speak? Or all those decisions about how you best present your client. Uh, That's how I made my living, and to a degree still do, and I've always felt and hinted to you, not because I was holding anything back, because I just couldn't put my finger on it. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, my radio family. So get this, like in this day and age, right? Listen to, this comes from Travis. Ted needs to be the anti-politician. Yet, Ted looks, sounds, and acts pure politician. Hard for the people wanting change to get past. I think he's absolutely right. I mean, I really, I feel like I'm having shock therapy here. I mean, this these are exactly thoughts that I have been harboring and I think I have blocked up, been un, unaware of, like un, unconsciously. You know, I've, I wanted to blurt out and weep or something. But there is something about Ted's appeal. And that's an, and 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 I mean we start to put this puzzle together though I don't want to obsess on it you know Trump forget what Trump says everyone else does Trump is the pure anti politician isn't he but when Ted speaks Ted says more brilliantly anything I've ever heard a politician say but. It is purely political. Tomorrow, 
I just saw a title on Fox come up, a Chiron title. It said, Ted Cruz is canceling his schedule tomorrow. Well, not canceling, altering his schedule tomorrow to attend Justice Scalia's funeral. All right, so, and again, I don't mean to be cynical here, and I'm not criticizing anybody, but that's the Cruz campaign's play for tonight's and tomorrow half of the day. This is their play strategically for the news cycle. This is the thing that they felt. I'm not saying that his admiration for Justice Scalia is insincere in any way. But clearly, since he's in South Carolina and tomorrow is the most important primary of his life, he could be forgiven for not going to the Scalia funeral. But he's made his play, and his people have said to him, the most appealing thing that you, Ted Cruz, can say or do for the South Carolina voter tomorrow and for voters in general is to go to Justice Scalia's funeral. That's Ted Cruz's play. This is my guy now, remember. But this is his play to attract and appeal to as many voters, like-minded voters as possible. You know what Trump will do? Tonight, Trump will walk up to a priest, make sure that cameras are there, and punch the priest in the face. And as the priest hits the deck, he'll say, that's for your Pope. You give him that message. That'll lead the news on seven continents for 24 hours. No, for a week. And then by tomorrow, Trump will backpedal. He'll dial it back and say, I don't know. He didn't seem that bad a guy. I I didn't mean to actually punch him. Did I actually punch him in the face? I didn't actually mean to punch him in the face. But, you know, at the moment, I was thinking about what the, you know, what the Pope said about me, talked that trash about me. So, yeah, maybe I punched the priest in the face. So what? And he'll get 200,000 votes out of it. In the year of the anti-politician. Trump's going to punch a priest to get even with the Pope and win a quarter million votes. Ted Cruz is going to go to Scalia's funeral and lose 80,000 votes. Jay from Denver, welcome. Oh, might. Uncle Severin, thanks for taking the call again. Happy Friday. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, uh, forgive Talk my me camera. down, Jay. Talk me down. Well, this is going to be bad for you then. Uh, I, I've been getting killed on Twitter, and I know you've been kind of looped in on a lot of my stuff from Twitter, which is Denver J-Rod. But yeah. Hey, I'm losing listen. Jay. Jay, can you speak up, or can we jack him a bit? Do uh... you still hear me? Yeah, here we go. Go. Okay. Okay. So here, here's, my, here's my situation. I like Ted Cruz. I've always loved Ted Cruz. I donated more to Ted Cruz than maybe a lot of other people who call and talk to you. Not only am I... Not only am I a little regretful of it, but after the antics, there's a few things. So, forgive me here. A few things that happened in Iowa from the things that happened to Carson and those voter cards that were sent. Now, on that, I remember a time when you once said, few things happened in polling and in politics and in campaigning that happened by mistake. Few things happened by mistake. I don't believe that any of that was by mistake. 
I believe that as a people in summation, we are so honed into our candidate that we are we are seeing blindly past certain things. Ted Cruz, I like. I like his record. Ted Cruz cannot bring you New York or New Jersey or some of these states that I think Trump can. This is a different year, and the world is different. We need a street fighter. This lawyering and all this back and forth with the Senate and Congress who have a disapproval rating of 80% is not working anymore. We need to get back to what America was, and that's balls. Whether it's right or wrong in some reasons, Trump can bring you a lot of things. And the biggest one is a fight. He has lifted his leg and urinated on the shoes of every other candidate because he is the most dominant one on the podium. That's what we need. I don't need another lawyer. What is wrong with us? Thank you. Thank you. I, I you're right. I love the I I I love the picture of the big dog going up and peeing on the other dog's shoes because that's exactly what he does. Other dogs, my dog dominates every other dog. He's 150 pounds, but he subsides to no one. There's no dog that comes up to him that he doesn't think he can handle, and that's what we need. The Democrats have done it. I don't like Bernie Sanders, obviously. But I give the guy support. He's a street fighter, metaphorically speaking. You and I would destroy him. But metaphorically speaking, he is beating the shite out of Hillary. He's a street fighter. So we're going to counter with somebody who is overly prefatorial. Hey, I like Ted Cruz. He makes sense to me. He is not going to sway anybody in the young crowd. I'm 32. There's no way that I would vote for Cruz over Trump, even with his record. Because I don't need the record right now. We need to win, and we need to fight. The fight is now. It's not in four years. It's not in the law room. It's not in the courtroom. Those days have passed us by. We either stand and fight now, or we stand and fight a different day. So you have to get behind a winner. Am I out of Am I out of line here? Or am, I'm no, just so I think pissed. I think you're I think you're being brilliant and i also think you are unintentionally but appropriately shaming the host because i think this is something i may have felt in my guts but didn't want to say severin the blaze radio network After this one, partners, you're going to find me huddled in the corner in the fetal position, sucking my thumb with my banky pulled up around my chin. This is my primal scream show. Bruce says, we need a street fighter to do what? A street fighter is going to reinstate the Constitution? You know he won't. You're right. I do know that. That's why I'm for Ted. But my primal scream is, can the guy I'm for win? I don't know. Is this all 
Are you guys the devil? I feel like that moment where you've got the little angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other. And the little angel says, Ted is the best candidate in 200 years. He stands for everything you believe. If your father were alive, he'd be giving money to Ted. He'd be organizing his golf club for Ted. He would hit you with a golf club if you said you weren't for Ted. He would take you down to the river as he wanted so many times to do when you were a very young man, put you in a burlap sack, and drown you. And the devil says, screw that. No, another voice. Hey, uh, screw that. Uh, yeah, uh, so I punched a priest. So what, huh? Mark T. writes, well, he did say he could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue and wouldn't lose any support. Punching a priest? No problem. Rocky asks, Rocky, baby. Rocky asks, didn't Ted also work with Justice Scalia for a long time? You mean Chief Justice Scalia? Do you know, in a, and I know I obsessed on it. I, I reread my tweet this morning. It would have been enough to say it five times instead of 25. Do you know in the space of if 15 minutes last night, the anchors and guests on Fox referred to Judge Scalia, Justice Scalia, as Chief Justice Scalia? Nobody, nobody caught it. They continued to repeat it. Chief, and again, I, you know, it's not like an insulting thing, but it's a wrong thing. It's an incorrect thing. Nobody there. It didn't strike anybody there as odd to their ear. Well, of course, Chief Justice Scalia, how many times do you have to hear something stupid, something factually incorrect before you know it's factually, you recognize it as factually incorrect? Oh, so uh, Rocky writes, didn't Ted also know and work with Justice Scalia? He knew him for 20 years. What about personal respect and friendship? Rocky, you're right. And it's a very rocky question to ask. All I was saying was I wasn't mocking Ted or his choice. What I'm mocking really is us. What I'm saying is look who we vote for. One guy scrambles his schedule to fly to Washington to pay homage to his friend. And the other guy, I said jokingly, is going to punch a priest in the face and say, that's for your Pope, Frankie. You tell him Donald did this. And, and, he, and, and he'll win because of it. And I'm, I'm exaggerating wildly, but I, you, you know what I'm trying to illustrate here. Donna writes hilariously that Jay's right, Father Guido Sarducci better hide from the Donald. I don't have time to explain to you who Father Guido Sarducci is. It's just that if you do remember, Donna, that's hilarious. And if you don't, we'll talk about it some other time. Um. Okay, Jock from Georgia. And I want to apologize to Brian uh, because I talked through Brian's holding on and I, I, should, I shouldn't have done that. Brian, forgive me. Call back if you can. I've also kept Jock on way too long. Jock from Georgia, welcome. Thank you so much for taking my call, Jay. I really appreciate my it. My pleasure, um, sir. Yes, I, I uh, boy, that uh, Jay from Denver kind of got me. He, he knocked me off my game a little bit. But Was he great gonna... or what? Was Jay from De- was Jay from Denver great today or what? 
Well, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I have to, I'm, I don't want to take, I know you've got so many trying to get to you every day. I, I probably oh, don't worry, be, don't. it's your turn. You go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm more in line with Ruth, you know, I'm not, uh, I think uh, that you called out from the, the last round of tweets, you know, I, uh-huh. I've always, I've, lo- I've long supported and still somewhat support uh, Trump's candidacy. Right. Having said that, I, I voted yesterday here in Georgia for Ted Cruz because I wanted Trump in. And I probably still do because I, I think that he's probably the number one reason why Ted is so low, you know, and that's, that's so, what I was so, worried so about. So why? So why, well, John? I, I th- well, even – look, Guru Jay even early on said that the fix was in before Trump got in. You know, that, that you, uh, you, you, you said things that would – that makes perfect sense for my history. You know, the the establishment machine was behind Jeb. There was all that money lined up, and all of a sudden we have a we have somebody comes in who just makes that really not matter, and that kind of opened things up for my man Ted. So uh, that that's that's my view of it. I hope it's not too simplistic. But, well said. Uh, no, I I'm I'm fascinated by why we the smart. I don't know if I should be including myself anymore this afternoon, but you, you by, have, why, you you, why you, the smart, do these things? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, I, literally, that's been my, my go line when, in any discussion I've had in, in politics with my friends is I, I'm all in for Cruz, but I support Trump's candidacy. And uh, that's Is that because, America. am I oversimplifying this or, or, or mauling it by saying it's because of this this schizophrenic line, I'm applying that to me, not to you, but this okay. schizophrenia I have about this, which is I'm drawn back to Mr. Buckley's axiom that I will yeah. vote for the, I will support the most conservative candidate who can win. And Ted is everything I always wanted in a candidate. But I have said, for, and this I have said from the beginning, I have always had doubts whether he can win. And, and I, my I, original doubts were not vis-a-vis Trump, you may recall, or any other Republican. Right. My doubts have always been, is he too cerebral? Is he too professorial? Is he too much of a politician, even though you want to talk about a maverick? John McCain was no maverick in the Senate. The maverick in the Senate since the Senate was born is Ted Cruz. Absolutely. Ted Cruz is the guy who stood up and told the Senate leader, you're an effing liar. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. in, Ted Cruz, and he should be rewarded for that. He's everything Defender. I've always wanted in a candidate, but right. I've always worried that can you beat a circus, meaning Hillary, with with a, with a, with a serious presentation of drama? You know, what okay, will people I, I, go to see? If there's if there's if they walk up, if we're the voters and we're tourists in a city and we say, hey, honey, let's go to the theater, you know, or to a movie. We say, OK, let's before dinner, let, let's go to the theater. And we walk up and there are two theaters and one is playing like Eugene O'Neill's Moon for the Misbegotten, so, something by O'Neill, something dark, ugly, suicidal, depressing. <laughs> that explores the dark side of the human spirit, uh, although it's true, but it's it's all very dark, very noir, 
And then we look at that, we look at each other, and we kind of shudder a little bit, and we look at the next theater, and what's playing is Guys and Dolls. You know, people tap dancing, singing. <laughs> and, I, you know, yep. it's, it's I, I, can we beat, do we need a circus to beat a circus? Uh, I, I, look, Jay, I never get my guy, okay? I mean, uh, it's, well, it, when, uh, I, I remember I was listening to a radio talk show host in Boston who would say he was a mitt guy. And, uh, I never really bought into it. But, uh, I, after the first mitt debate, I was all in it. You know, I was like, wow, this guy, he, he schooled Obama like a child in that debate. But then, <laughs> The establishment got a hold of him. I imagine something got a hold of him because he, he. Uh, the, I, I went. I watched the next debate. I was actually on vacation, and I heard him say the words. Right. I actually agree with the president. I said, "Really?" You know. You see, and, and, and you, it, you, you just had your Jay moment, and I don't mean me. I mean Jay from yeah. Denver. You just had your jock slash Jay moment. There it is. There it is. In every other campaign saying, you know, I agree with the president, would buy you lots of votes because people would say, now, isn't that a splendid, reasonable thing for him to say? But hell, nobody else did. No. 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 It's the equivalent of, it's the equivalent of Ted's going to Scalia's funeral tonight, but Trump's going to punch a priest. And guess who's going to get the best media out of it? Jock, great job. Got a jet. Coming right back. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And this is Jay Severin's Primal Scream Show. When I come to grips with, I don't know, what I've always known to be the truth. You've known it too. And now that I think about it, I, I, you know, I've always said this. I, you know, I have always said, can you beat a circus? Do you need a circus to beat a circus? What do I do? 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 Do I take the perfect candidate, perfect in all respects, except that another guy, because of the perverse nature of our times, may be able to accomplish what has always been my objective? Prevent Hillary. More precise, prevent Democrats. Prevent Democrats. That's what I want to have happen, and I'll do anything legal to make that happen. Prevent Democrats from winning. And what do I do? Jock was great. Uh, Michael from Tampa, I trust you are still with us. Indeed, Jay. It's very nice Thank to you, speak Michael, to you finally. 
Oh, my pleasure. Right. Well, Jay, listen, I'm a first-time caller, and, uh, yeah, I, I really uh, have noticed some things that I, I'd like to point out to you and the listeners regarding both Cruz and Trump. Now, I've been a Cruz guy since way back, you know, when he was running for Senate in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump, I was very doubtful when he came out, but the more I listened to his rhetoric, I was starting to really like what I was hearing, you know, very clear and concise to the point, let's build a wall, let's do, you know, the five talking points and uh, the names that he would invoke, Carl Icahn, bad deals and all this. Um, You know what else? And I think it's a big part of it. I I want to interrupt very, very briefly. Uh, The other thing is the construction of his sentences and his delivery. You know, my mentor literally was David Garth. And he taught his, he beat, whipped, beat his candidates. Rudy Giuliani said on television last week about David Garth, David Garth beat the lawyer out of me and made me become a politician. That's how I became mayor of New York. I watched, I was there, I was there for the Koch campaign, re-election anyway, campaign. I watched David beat our clients out of being lawyers. They all went to Harvard and Yale. They were all lawyers. He beat it out of them and made them answer sentences this way. It's wrong. I'm against it. Next question. It's good. I'm for it. Next question. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But in the case of Trump, like on that uh, Anderson Cooper interview last night, Trump is not able to stay on point. Not only is he a bully, uh, as I've come to really see and appreciate lately, but the guy gets incoherent. I mean, it's almost like, and, and pardon right. me, these are observations. These are not criticisms, but no, no, he's I incoherent. It's, it's almost as if he suffers from ADD, okay? Yes. He's starting to he, sound He has moronic. the concentration span of a gnat on crack. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I mean, he's just really starting to sound moronic. Well, your question, Jay, and so far as we need a circus to beat a circus. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that truth that Cruz needs to come out with something, uh, you know, have his Reagan moment, uh, a la Carter. But he's going to have to pop real hard. I mean, he's going to have to just just whack uh um, Trump uh, at, at, at whenever the moment's precise, and I'm sure Ted is able to do it. And what do I mean by that? I don't that? know. I, mean, uh, I don't know. Well, I could let me let me let me tell you. Let me tell you a couple of things about Cruz. Could Trump? You were talking, could Trump? Could Trump argue a brief before the United States Supreme Court? Could Trump learn that in the next no. few weeks? Can no, Ted learn no how to speak right like an idiot so that he can become a circus? I don't know if he can learn that. He's too smart. Yeah, I don't think it has to go that far, though. I don't think it has to go that far. I think it has Michael, to Michael, we something. have to keep people in suspense because I'm out of time. Satellite's going to cut us off. Michael, please call back if you can on Monday. We will know Indeed. so much. Well, we'll know so much more than we know now, though not nearly as much as eventually we're going to need to know. As for you and for the rest of us who know what I mean when I say this, just look at each other and say... Twerking, Dada. Twerking. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.